This morning, uh, we're in this series on the presence of God, and uh, I'm supposed to be preaching on God's presence in relationship to uh, as a safe place. But uh, when I was in Croatia, God spoke into my heart about the fear of the Lord. And, uh, and it fits in, because I'll be honest with you, I do not think that... Uh, that I can fully, I can fully understand God's presence apart from the fear of the Lord. And it's, but it's a confusing subject. You know, uh, Leah, who was in Mitch, were with me in the internship back in the early 90s, Leah said, when we were doing the internship, this was a question we asked you back then. And I said, well, I didn't know. <laughs> so, but it's a subject that, that you know, and I just wanted to show you, just go on with this, and you'll see, in the, if, if anybody has, doesn't have a hand up, just raise your hand swift, you'll pass it out. The title, God's Presence, Fear of God or Love of God, which is it? And, you know, and I want you to notice the dilemma here we see in, in the Word of God. You see these seemingly contradictions, and watch this, like it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and this is the great and foremost commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, look in the minutes go the next one in Second Corinthians seven one. Therefore, since having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all the defilement in flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Love God, fear God. Well, look at the next passage, and then you see why the dilemma, because it says there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear. For fear involves punishment. What does that mean? And the one who fears has not yet been made perfect in love. Well, in one place he's telling us to fear the Lord. Another place they're saying, well, if you got love in you, then it's going to cast out all this fear. What is it? Yeah, phobos. Greek, uh, Greek word phobos, which, uh, which will mean where we get the English word phobias. For fears. Same Greek words. And so, uh, in fact, all through this. And so we're going to deal with these dilemmas, this dilemma of, of fear of the Lord. What is it? And as God started speaking into my heart, it just really just was massive. And I pray, and I want you to agree with me, that revelation can come forth. It's so deep inside me that I, I, I don't know, I cannot soulishly get it out. And so I'm praying that God will reveal. It may be too much material, y'all. And, uh, and so, but, but here we go. We're going to try for it. Believe God that God will give us revelation about the fear of the Lord. Also in relationship to the love of God. So anyway, all right, now first thing is fear. Fear is an emotion. Let's go on this in the first slide here. Fear is an emotion. And in, in an emotion isn't a signal of an event. Okay, you got physical emotions, you have spiritual emotions, you have soulish emotions. Okay? But, but think about this. Now, at the top of the heading, fear is a signal of event revealing a belief or conclusion or a realization. Like here's the past scripture, Matthew 14.30, where Peter's walking on the water, seeing the wind, he became frightened. He's walking on the water... He sees the wind, and all of a sudden, the environment of, of walking on the water and seeing the wind and the waves and the storm that they were in, he becomes frightened. That environment reveals a belief in his heart. What? Probably, 
what am I doing walking on water? <laughs> Especially in the storm. I could maybe see trying it in the midst of a calm, and things were calm. But literally what it is, is, is that fear will hit us in relationships to an environment. So in fact, I want you to notice what I call the progression of emotions. And let's go on to the, the next slide. Progression of emotions is, is where you have an environment, or Peter's in the storm, an environment reveals your beliefs. Your beliefs will, in this, will generate thoughts. Thoughts will generate feelings, and feelings will generate actions. And let me give you a real quick example. This is the classic example if you've been around me a lot. You know, Annabelle, let me ask you a quick question. What's your beliefs, conclusions about rattlesnakes? What's your belief about them? Do what? A rattlesnake? No, they got some probably right near your house. What are your beliefs about them? <laughs> so, or, or, so they, you believe they're dangerous? She's going to say, I trample palm serpents and scorpions. <laughs> That's where she's at, resident right now. She's what she's thinking. She's just, she's just flowing on it. Just find me one. I'll just chomp on his head. That's what she's thinking. But I could come along and pick out somebody in this room, for expediency's sake, and I could ask him really right now, do you have any fear in your heart? Is there any fear? Well, no. No, probably you're not in any place of fear, except I'm sitting here talking about rattlesnakes and fear. So, But anyway, nobody would have fear in your heart. Right now. But if all of a sudden somebody walks in that door right over here on the side door with a six-foot rattlesnake and brings it over here and lays it down right here in the middle of this floor, I guarantee you this, Ingrid's beliefs about rattlesnakes would generate, will be, ex- will be exposed by the presence of that rattlesnake. It will generate, I mean, it will reveal her beliefs. And those beliefs will generate thoughts of danger. That thoughts of danger would generate emotions. <laughs> a fear, and she, <laughs> that's right, and it would generate some kind of action. Ingrid may be, you know, fear, run, uh, Annabelle, maybe she's talking, she wants to stomp on his head, Crocodile Hunter would want to say it's beautiful and he'd catch it, you know, all about, all in this progression. So when we're talking about fear, and particularly soulish emotion, soulish it's some, not soulish like negative, it's just something that's rising out of your heart and your mind. So when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, we're dealing with some conclusions in our heart. Now let's go on here, because there's a progression here that we need to understand even more. There's good fear, and there's bad fear. Notice the good fear. Literally, where we say good fear leads to reverence and a response of life. You remember, it goes, it goes environment reveals a belief. Belief generates thoughts, feelings, actions. Okay? Now look at this. There's a good fear. Dead man set up. Here Jesus goes to pray for somebody. Dead man set up and began to speak. Jesus gave him back to his mother. Fear gripped them all. Notice the response. Glorifying God. That's good fear. Keep going. Notice the next one. Notice one. Notice it... uh, Okay, and this is one of the things the Lord spoke to me about this. What did we do, Chad? Take away some of those passages? That's cool. That's all right. This is a summary of when I say good fear in relationship to God. We're dealing with a revelation of God's power and awesomeness is signaled or was signaled 
by fear and the response and the result is a fear that was glorifying God. In other words, when all of a sudden God shows up in His awesomeness, y'all, it reveals just like, whoa! I remember one time I was, you know, and I probably shared with y'all here, it was a long time ago, I mean, oh man, 30 years ago or so, I was, you know, it's just one of those points in time in my life. Yeah, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. You know, and so one night Paula was, you know, she was away. She was up, uh, up in her, spending time with her parents and I'm laying in bed. And you know how it is in the middle of the night. I just had all the lights off and I'm just laying in bed and I'm just worshiping the Lord. I'm just praising the Lord. I'm just praising God. And just out of the blue, all of a sudden I hear real loud in the spirit, Rick, open your eyes and you can see Jesus. And I'm going, whoa. And all of a sudden, thoughts hit my head. Uh, I mean, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. I, the description that John was dealing with in John chapter 1. All of a sudden, this fear hit me, and I'm going, you mean the one? And I, and I really literally, I took the covers and I go, no. <laughs> and I just covered my head. Because it was just, just this reverence hit me. And then that's where the, what I call a, a good fear Okay? Well, let's go on. There's much more that we've got to get out of this. There's a bad fear. And literally what a bad fear comes, bad emotion of fear signals an unbelief because of the circumstances in the world. Or emotion of fear signaling doubt or unbelief because of the thoughts and opinions of others. Now, let me give you some examples of this in, this, in John chapter 12. Nevertheless, many even of the rulers believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him. Why? For fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. Fear of being put out of the synagogue. Fear of rejection. Fear of being put out of the synagogue. For they, what's the root of it? For they love the approval of men, more, or literally the glory of God, glory of men more than the glory of God. The word for approval there is the Greek word doxa. For glory. So what we're dealing with here is bad fear creates a doubt. In the circumstance in the world. And it causes them to compromise. Well, you want to know, you've got to deal with here, what's the root? Okay, when you're dealing with a bad fear, what's the root? They're being afraid about, uh, they've got the fear of, uh, they're not confessing. They fear they'd be put out of the synagogue. What's that? That's not the root. They're afraid they're going to be put out of the synagogue. That's not the root. The root is the glory of men over the glory of God. I remember one time down, I was down on Big Stone Gap, the second time I'd gone, I was there. First time I was there, I was just operating with confidence and authority in the Lord. When I was doing campus ministry, I was just operating confidence and authority in the Lord. When I went back to Big Stone, I just remember I just living in fear of just wanting the thoughts and opinions of people. Just constantly just dealing with that fruit of, you know, oh, what's, what's so and so thing? What did they, how do they think about fruit? I mean, you know what? You know, and I just, this fear, there's just uncertainty in my heart. And I'm going, where is this coming from? I kept repenting, chopping weeds, but it kept popping up. But the root was, is how I'd, came, I'd come, came there, is that I'd entertain sin about the glory of, of man, about coming there rather than the glory of God. That was the root. So anyway, you got good fear, bad fear. And let's go on the next slide there. Okay? Now, the fourth thing, these are foundations to understand the glory, the, the fear of the Lord. Now, the first one is we're dealing with fear as a single event or a conclusion in your heart. 
Second thing I want you to realize, remember the progression of emotions. All right? Third, third thing that we said is, is that there's good fear, bad fear. Good fear generates a, a reverence to God, which creates glorifying God. That was one of the examples. There's a bad fear, which is a conclusion in relationship to the circumstances in the world or thoughts and opinions of people. But here's an interesting thing that the Lord is showing me that you've got to understand about the fear of the Lord. Do you realize this? Now, I have not totally researched this all. The fear was not a fear was not a thing that was totally the fear of the Lord was not a thing totally introduced until the law of Moses. To understand fear of God, you have to understand the concept of law. Remember, I've taught in here about there's three major laws that God has given in, in the Word of God in relationship to how to live in the Spirit. Remember, a law is not do's and don'ts. It's literally that which is a sign. There's the law of relationship, which is in Genesis 2 and 3. The law of relationship was violated. That bring, loosens the spirit of, de- I mean, the, the law of sin and death. law of sin and death is just a re- relationship violated. But God gave the law of Moses to reveal the sin and to bring us to the law of Christ or the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And the interesting I want you to catch here, fear is one of the forces used to empower people to become obedient to the law of Moses. See, there were three major forces that God gave or instituted in relationship to the law of Moses. One is, is you hear the word to do it. That's in Deuteronomy, I mean, yeah, Deuteronomy 28. You shall be careful to be obedient to do all these commandments. If, and then you will be blessed. If you do not, you'll be cursed. So the first principle in the law of Moses is you've got to be obedient to do. The second one is fear. And I want you to notice this passage in Exodus 20 when God is giving the Ten Commandments. And here he does this massive light show on, on, on Mount Sinai. And, and, uh, and then they said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we'll listen to you, but, but don't let God speak to us or we'll die. I mean, it's so, it's so terrible in its sight. I mean, I mean you could hear it read the, the Hebrews 12 passage about it. Moses is literally shaking in his boots. And, and notice what Moses said to the people. Don't be afraid. But then watch what he says here. This is kind of crazy, Moses. Why did you say that? Don't be afraid. <laughs> For God has come in order to prove you, test you, to put something down in you, in order that the fear of him may remain in you. Why? So that you may not, what? Sin. And so when we're starting to deal with the fear of the Lord, one thing we've got to understand that it was established to keep us out of sin. What does it... Okay, now I said there were three major forces in the law of Moses. One is to hear the word and do it. Two is fear. Well, fear of what? Consequences of sin. That is a law of Moses principle. The consequences of sin. And so, now let's go on to the next slide here. And so, fear is a, is a force used to empower to keep the law of Moses. Now, you ever heard this passage of Scripture? There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. 
Do you realize what the verse is right before it? Do you realize the whole context of this? This is in the context of judgment. Verse 17, that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Perfect love, Kevin. We'll get into this a little later. And so what we've got to deal with here, I want you to understand, when I'm, we're talking about the fear of the Lord, and I'll explain this what I mean later, but when I'm talking about the fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord is attached to the law of Moses. Now, now let me just back out here just a second. No, no, not yet. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where to go, but I'm going to go for just a second. Y'all, one of the misconceptions is, in the body of Christ, a misunderstanding of how to use the law of Moses and a misunderstanding of how to use it in relationship to the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We're, we go in this place of like going, okay, we're no longer under law. We start quoting, quoting Romans 7. But the reality is people are not in faith. The, right, the law is not for the righteous man. And so we completely throw out the law of Moses or the principles of the law of Moses. And we, got, we have children in the faith and physical who need the law who need the law to protect. The law is a guardian to bring us to faith in Christ. The law is a tutor to bring us to faith in Christ. Law is a shadow of things to come. Law gives knowledge of sin. And what we're trying to do in the body of Christ is completely cut off the ability of people to grow and be safe. And I'll say this to us. Say it this way. To walk in the fear and reverence of the Lord. So we throw it out. That's why, oh, it's all about love. Well, you know, it is all about love. But y'all, when we say that, we need to say that with revelation and understanding of what we are saying. And I have to confess, I have been ignorant in the totality of this. I think in my ignorance, I have empowered some people to sin. And so it's why it is so important for us to understand this subject. Let's go on. Okay. Interesting thing that I want you to nail down here. Fear, perfect love, cast out fear. Fear involves punishment. Now, y'all, punishment's not bad. In fact, this Greek word here, how do you say that? Monica, Tulasis? Tulasis. It's the word for punishment that gets used here. I took the, you can see, I just want to make sure, I just, I just really copied and pasted it out of, the, out of a, this uh, dictionary. And it conveys the notion of punishment for the correction and the bettering of the offender. So when it says fear involves punishment, it's not a negative thing, y'all. Y'all, I had grandbabies this weekend. I don't like it. But one of the things I've had to learn to do, again, I don't like it. But, you know, it's part of raising kids. If you don't punish some way, you are going to spoil the kid and you're going to power them to die. And so... You know, when it says fear involves punishment, 
that is a reference to judgment. That is a reference all the way back to the law of Moses. It really is. And I'll show you even more a little later about it. Now let's go on. And because the reality is, this is what we want to understand, is how the law of Moses connects into the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is a law of faith and love. Now you remember, Jesus said, I did not come to do away with the law and the prophets, but to what? Fulfill it. And that's what we want to do with the law. That's what we want to do with the fear of the Lord. We do not want to do away with it. We want to what? Fulfill it. Lord Jesus, help us. Okay. All right, let's go on. Let me give you some awesome examples of this. Now, I want to show you these categories of fear or examples of fear and the results of them. Now, I'm going to just go through a bunch of passages of Scripture. I just don't like us, you know, we need to make conclusions. We need to make it based on the Word of God, not based on opinions of a person, especially in this subject. Now, notice this. The events in the world that cause fear. Now, remember I said bad fear in the world where circumstances reveal our beliefs and it creates doubt. Okay, now let's go on. But seeing the wind, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Chad. Okay, but seeing the wind, he became afraid. This is one we looked at. And he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Okay, and Jesus picks him up, says, oh, you little faith, why did you doubt? Let's go on to the next one. Um, Luke 21, 36, Jesus said this, men fainting from fear. Why? of the expectation of things which are coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. When all of a sudden these crazy things happen, it will reveal the conclusions in people's heart. The fear can be so great, people start to faint. Let's go on. Now here's a second one. It's a really, a really interesting. Now I want you to see the difference. What I call this good fear, which we already looked at, but fears in relationship to the revelation of Jesus. Just about, not just about every time, but a good percentage of the time that Jesus would do a miracle, what would follow is fear. Watch the number of these things. Immediately he got up before them, picked up what had been lying on them, and went about glorifying God. Oops, I skipped the part about talked about him getting afraid. Let's go on to the next one here. Sorry about that. Wrong past scripture. Dead man set up, began to speak. Jesus came back to his mother. How did I do this? You know what I did is the following verses. I'm not out of order. But, uh, it's, it's 25 and 26 and 7, 15 and so. Let's go on to the next one. Sorry about that, y'all. I, um, that's what happens when I'm out of shape of grandbabies. And uh, I'm doing this as chasing grandbabies at the same time. In PowerPoint ready. Watch this. Fear regarding the revelations of Jesus. The people went out to see what had happened. They came to Jesus and found the man, this is the Gerasene demoniac, from the demons had gone on, sitting up at his feet, clothed in a right man, mind, and they became frightened. Here is a guy who got healed. But all of a sudden, they see this man in the right mind, and they're afraid. Well, y'all, we were sitting there in this conference in, in Syria. There was a young man there who was raised up in an orphanage. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and no family life. And because of this lack of family life, lack of love in his life, 
he just uh, he had given way into sexual addiction because you know all of a sudden you got this lack of love. He's wanting love. Satan will try to give it to you, but how Satan's going to give it to you is going to be attached to sex. And so all of a sudden he comes in here and dude, by the time he gets to us, he'd been going to churches dealing with this sexual addiction literally all the time going on in his life. He came to Emil two days before the conference. The pastor in Syria, and he said, you know, Emil says, well, why don't you come to this conference yet? You know, and he said, I'll hook you up with Sizemore. He'll do it. But anyway, we started ministering to this guy, and this guy, God just started doing these awesome things in his life. The one, the last night, I called him up, and we'd been ministering to him and, you know, dealing with layers in this thing. And uh, the last night, I called him up and says, you know, I introduced him to the whole body, not tell him what he dealt with, but just tell him he was raised an orphan, and he did not know what it's like for family to say, I love you. So I said, everybody, just declare one time in three, just one, two, three, and say, I love you. So they all speak that. Think, oh, man, it just hit the guy's heart, you know, when everybody declares, I love you. Then I called Emil and another pastor from Jordan up, and I said, come here, we're going to speak a blessing, a father's blessing into this guy. So we start to speak this Father's blessing into him. All of a sudden, boom, he goes down, starts convulsing. A spirit of homosexuality manifests itself. Dude, we jump down on it. Some people are afraid, but I'm going, hallelujah. And we minister to this guy, and he gets set free. I mean, he stands up, man. He, and then, uh, you know, and, and then we had spoke a mother's blessing. Let somebody, one of the ladies speak a mother's blessing. And power of God hits him there. I mean, this guy gets sound fleshed right then. Well, some of the people, man, are uncomfortable with this such, you know, openness. But, you know, this man was healed right in front of everybody's eyes. And that could cause a fear, especially if some people are hiding stuff. Or, but also just to see somebody go thrown down and go into convulsions right in front of everybody. You know, but God doing a work. Jesus doing a mighty work. Interesting here. Watch, look at this. They asked him to leave, for they were gripped with fear. Why? 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 Usually, the response is when Jesus did a miracle. I wish I, I, I hadn't cut those other passages. Chad, remind me, we've got to fix those. Okay. But, uh, but when those other passages, man, they're glorifying God. They're seeking the Lord. But interesting thing is, one of the things it says in John chapter 20, John chapter 3, verse 20, it says, those when they're in the darkness do not want to come to the light because they have fear lest their deeds be exposed. And so literally what's going on, obviously in Gadaria, there were some people that got some issues. They did not want to come to the light. I remember Tulio making a statement when he came to Eagle's Nest in campus ministry days. There was days when he wandered, he came in there. There were people who were afraid to come to Eagle's Nest because they were afraid they would get their mail read. First time Tulio came, he got his mail read. <laughs> that is probably why he's here today. <laughs> I mean, so when all of a sudden the thoughts of somebody's heart get revealed, the fear of the Lord comes on you. Let's go on here. Give me some more examples. Is the fear because of the revelations of God? This was in immediately. This is when Ananias and Sapphira, who had held back some of the money, get this, and immediately she fell at his feet, breathed her last, and the young man came in and found her dead, and they carried her out. 
and buried her beside her husband. Great fear came over the whole church and all who heard of these things. Remember, as soon as they heard it, that's soulish, that touches the soulish fear. Because as soon as they hear it, they go, whoa. That'd be interesting. How many people, that's, I guess that's not a seeker-friendly church. You come, you guys sin, sorry. They may be just carrying you out dead. <laughs> I remember, y'all remember me telling you the story about in Syria? Uh, the first time I went to Syria, Mill, I was wanting to, Mill, Mill Tarsha, the pastor, says, come on, I want to take you downtown. I want to take you to Ananias' house. He's the guy who, went, who Paul came to, you know, when... And they laid hands on him. They had his, They found his house and they built this place. And I'm going, dude, Ananias' house, man, great man of God. I'm thinking, man, the Spirit of God's present in this man's house. Dude, I want to go there and sense God's presence. I get there and nothing. Catholics had took it and turned it into a sort of a tourist joke. No, no spirit, no Holy Ghost there. It was. I mean, it was. It was just sick. And so we left there. I just kind of, you know, a little bit depressed, you know. So we're walking down the streets of Syria, real narrow streets, not much wider than this aisle, and beautiful though. It's kind of weird and kind of neat kind of thing. And and so uh, Mills says, "Come, I want to take you to a to introduce you to a prophetess. She's blind, and but I would like you to introduce her you to her." I said, "Yeah, man, that's cool." So we we go we go to this one down these streets, and we come to this door that leads right off to the street, and he rings the doorbell. Bell, and all of a sudden this door opens, and here's this little, little old lady, this tall, blind, made her way to the door, and all of a sudden I see her, and I'm going, Holy Ghost, prophetess, this is the real deal. And she let us in, into our house, set her steps down, she says, I will go fix you tea. I hear she's blind, and she's going off to fix us tea. While she was gone, I'm going, Jesus, I start repenting of everything I could think of. Because <laughs> I knew that she was going to read my mail. <laughs> Why? And sure enough, she came back with sipping her tea and stuff like that. All of a sudden, the power of God, praise God, going, hey! You know, all this little woman just, it's sort of like, uh, what is it, Lord of the Rings, where they. That elf lady all of a sudden turns weird. <laughs> Not that she got up mean or anything like that, but boy, she started, a fire of God came on her, and I'm going, boy, I'm glad I did repent. You know? <laughs> you know, fear because the revelation's God. Let's go on. Let's go on with these things. In Acts 5 5, this is it, this, y'all. This is after the same thing. And as he heard these words, Ananias thought everybody was lasting. Great fear came of all of it, heard of it. Same thing. Let's go on to the next one. Uh, this one is in relationship to fear, the revelations of God. This was, in the, this was on Mount Sinai. You have not come to the mountain which cannot, can, that can be touched to a blazing fire, to darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, to the blast of the trumpet and the sound of the words, which sound such of those who heard it, and no further words should be spoken to them. Go to the next one real quick. 
For they goes, they could not bear the command. Even if a beast touches the mountain, it will be stoned. So terrible was the sight that Moses said, I'm full of fear and trembling. When y'all, when God shows up, it puts reverence. But this is not a fear that causes us to shrink back. It's a fear that causes you to repent or to glorify God or to bow down, to worship. Let's go on. How about this one? Angels. Y'all, how many times do angels show up? Don't be afraid. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, his clothes as white as snow. The guards shook for the fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for the one who was crucified. Angels manifest themselves, y'all. It will generate a fear, but not but a fear of reverence. Because go, go on to the next slide. Get this, y'all, because this is so cool to me. He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he is lying. Go quickly tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear. And what? Great joy. Okay. That's interesting. See, in these places, when God shows up, there's this fear of Him, and you've got to make sure that you're understanding the definition here. The conclusions are, in relationship to God, you're going, He's real. And there's joy. There's reverence. There's glorifying God. There's praise. Let's go on. Now, how about good fear in relationship to people? This is interesting. Notice this in relationship to Herod. Herod was afraid of John. He's afraid of John. Why? Knowing that he was righteous and a holy man. Notice the response. And he kept him safe. And when he heard him, he was very perplexed. But he used to enjoy listening to him. John created a fear in the guy because he was holy and righteous. Well, just like I told you about the prophet lady. You know, back in, you know, in Syria. How about a lifestyle that's such a way that all of a sudden it evokes fear? Crazy. People. Good fear. That was good actions. Let's go on here. Notice this passage in in 2 Corinthians 7, 15. His affections bounds all the more to you as he remembers the obedience of you all. Take note of that. The obedience of of you all. How you received him with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. Reverence, honor. We'll talk about this a little later. But here they received Titus. It's kind of interesting to me. Now, Pastor Shishko is here. One thing that just so blessed me about him is that when, you know, some of the other places that I've traveled, there's no reference of understanding honor or also the fear of the Lord. When I go to Pastor Shishko's place, dude, I'm telling you, how people treat you, it's like somebody coming in. This man, it's, it's like, 
I mean, even Pastor Cisco, man, I don't carry anything. He wouldn't care me carrying anything. I didn't spend hardly any. I didn't spend any money. They wouldn't let me. Because, and these are people who don't have a lot. This, this reverence, this fear. I mean, sometimes I, I'd, I'd walk down among people and I'd look them in the eyes and they would look their heads down. Now, there's a times I know that the Spirit of God gets on me, that it causes a lot of stuff, crazy stuff to happen. But, you know, it's just kind of interesting to me. So this good fear in relationship to people because it creates, what's the result? Obedience. All right, let's go on. Now, how's about a negative fear? Uh, oh, wait a minute. Okay. All right, I've skipped over a whole bunch of stuff. I missed the whole thing. There was a negative fear that I missed. Uh, I missed the passage of Scripture here. Got the next one, Chad. Let me see if I got it out of order. No? Okay. All right. I've got 10 minutes. I think I do, don't I? To do the big part of the whole thing. But there is a negative part about fear of people. And I, Jesus spoke that in John chapter uh, a number of times. Uh, we saw the one in John 12, 41, I mean 42 and 43, where they were, they were believing him and not confessing for fear of being put out of the synagogue bunch of times stuff like that was happening. It was causing people to shrink back out of the fear of people. Conclusions that are not true. Now, let's talk about the application of fear and love. How do I blend all this together? Do I try to, you know, do we want to try to preach God in a way to cause people to get afraid of Him? I have, I have preached the law of Moses in a way. I can get fried, boy. God's going to hit you with a bolt of lightning. You're going to be like a fried egg boy with your eyes popped out, man. That what we want to do? Am I, am I being a proponent of dropping, you know, how a lot of things that I focus on is the love of God, the love of the Father? No, no. But I want us to place it right. And, I, y'all, I'm just sharing with you the revelation that I've got. It's probably incomplete, and that's the cool thing about a body here. Okay? But first thing that the Lord really just put in me, being sensitive to the reality of who God is and the different facets of who He is. And I want you to notice there's four passages of Scripture here in four different categories for us. Now remember, anytime, I, anytime you see fear, you feel fear, I'm going to say this, y'all, it's a kickback to the law of Moses. Don't say, well, we're not under law, because all of these passages of Scripture are all New Testament passages of Scripture. So what we're kicking ourselves into is into the realities of who he is. And I want you to notice these. Notice in 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Okay, watch this in 6.17. It's very important you catch this. Therefore, come out from their midst, be separate, says the Lord. This is talking about the world, being in the world. And y'all, I'm going to be honest with you. Why are we, there's, why are we not seeing the fullness of the presence of God in breaking out? I'll tell you this. It's because we don't understand it. Why, are, why is there not an awe and a reverence in us? Because I'll be honest with you all, we have not given way into it. We have not received him as that. And he, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I tell you this, if we can give way into the reverence of him, into these particular facets of who he really is, y'all, and not just, just don't try to just make him the good, good guy upstairs. 
Let's just paint him in who he is. No, we don't. Let's just let the Word of God just tell it as it is. And these are just a few of them. He is love, y'all. Perfect love does cast out fear. What's the context of it? Notice the first one here. It says, therefore, come out from their midst. Be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you. Therefore, having... And therefore, I will welcome you. Okay? I'll welcome you. Don't touch what is unclean. The verse right after that, after the, I will welcome you, says, I'll be a father to you and you'll be to me as sons and daughters. And then it says this in 7.1. Y'all, there's no verse divisions or chapter divisions. It says, therefore, having these promises. Y'all, promises is a doorway into the grace of God. And you receive the promise of God through faith. But watch this. Since we have these promises... Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Y'all, you know what the fear of the Lord here is in relationship to? The possibility that these promises would not be fulfilled. Y'all, Calvinism, I'm going to say something here. It's a bold statement that you're going to hear me not go there. is an attack in ways that we just destroy the character of who God really is. Y'all, there's a possibility of these promises of one, him dwelling in us. He's in us if you know him, but him walking among us. How do we know? Let me say this to us. Is the fullness of him walking among us? No. You know why I know it? Because the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy. And the what? Holy Spirit. Kingdom of God is what? Power. When he shows up and starts moving among us, y'all, in unveiled form. Dude, and I think when he starts to heal people and manifest himself in ways that just causes us to go, oh God, <laughs> dude, I think when what precedes that is y'all, us opening up in our hearts, yeah God, there is a promise. There is a possibility for that promise not to come about in my life. Where you're saying, I'll be a father to you and I'll be, and you will be to me as sons and daughters. Y'all, I have done many funerals of believers in Jesus Christ who died orphans. Even though they were children of God, in their hearts they lived and died as orphans or slaves. Never knowing God as father. And being sons. Or go to this next one. It says in four one. Therefore, let us fear if while the promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to come short of it. Now, this is Hebrews 4.1. There is a possibility y'all, of this promise of rest, us not entering it. Y'all, I wish I could sit here and say, it's, you know, it's okay, Mitchie Poo. You know, it's okay. It, you know, it's okay. You know, whatever you do, you know, it's going to be okay. No. No. That's why that corner over there one time we had tables set up. Jared Hill been compromising. I said, and I told him to do something that particular morning. He didn't do it. And I said, Jared, come here. Come here. I called him up and I got in his face right in front of the whole class. I said, hi, right, Jared, today. You're going to have to make a choice. Today, you're going to make a choice. 
You want God or you want that girl you've been... And it wasn't Lee either. <laughs> you want your past life. Do you want it? Today's the day. Either you go for it. Let me tell you something. You go for that, I'm not coming after you. I've come after you in the past, but I'm not coming after you this time. So Jared, there's a promise. A, a paraphrase. There's a promise for you. You want it. What do you want? Right now. Make a decision. And he looked at me and said, what do you want, Jared? Well, I want to stay. I said, okay, you want to stay. All right. All right, right now. You prophesy this whole class right now. Every one of them start to prophesy individually over You know what? That was the birth of the ministry of the prophetic in Jared Hill's life. You know what? If he had left that night, if he had walked out of there, there was a girl that he was after, that he was after, that he was his old girlfriend in the world. Interesting thing, they was having a birthday party for Jared that night at, what was it, O'Charlie's or O'Charlie's. And the whole deal was about this girl and this past life, whether he wanted it or not. And that night, interesting, we all showed at that party for Jared. Guess what? Two tables over was that girl with another guy. And she was wanting him to come. That's just like Satan. But what I'm trying to say is, in relationship to it, there was a promise for Jared. And Jared, and y'all, there's a possibility we'd not see Jared Hill. You would not know Jared Hill today if that promise had not been picked up. But the fear of the Lord in relationship to the promises given, there's a possibility of it not being fulfilled. Let's go on. About 1 Timothy 8.10. This is crucial, folks. Let me put the... I think I got it out of context, Chad. Is there another one after that one? No. Nope. Let me just quote these to you in first. In, in, uh, it's, I said 4.11 in this thing. It's 4.1. And then also in First Peter 1.17 where it says, If you address him as Father who impartially judges each man's work, let us live our lives, conduct your lives in fear during your stay upon the earth. In other words, I'm calling him Father. Well, the reality is, what does my lifestyle say? And, and, and what he's saying is, y'all, don't take him lightly. He is the God who judges everything righteously and justly. The Father is always, what you do determines your origins. That's what, uh, that's why Jesus, uh, many times he said, and don't believe the words that I say, believe my works. My works tell you that I am from the Father. And so that's why he's saying that passage of Scripture. Y'all, live your life with fear here. In other words, don't take him lightly. There's a reverence here. And in the one, the other one in, and that was in this past scripture in Revelations fourteen seven, was talking about let the fear, this is in Revelations fourteen in relationship to the church, but fear be on it because the judgments of God. In First Corinthians eleven thirty two, is that relevant for us? Yes. How about First Corinthians eleven thirty two? Says when we are judged by the Lord, we're disciplined by Him, in order that we may not be condemned along with the world. Y'all, in that First Corinthians eleven passage, you go, okay, well, you know, God's love, well. Now, in that same passage, y'all, Paul says, for this reason, many of you weak or sick or in their sleep. Why? Because they were taking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. 
In other words, there were issues in their hearts. Y'all, I can remember, you remember when we had to rock here and freely to go in there to take the Lord's Supper? I remember one Sunday, I went in there, knowing good and well, I had some issues in my heart toward a brother. I went in there, and I go, okay, yeah, Lord, okay, yeah. And so I prayed this prayer, you know, Jesus, forgive me for the judgments, and I forgive him, Lord, and all this kind of stuff, you know. But it wasn't down in deep depths in my heart. Yeah, I went ahead and took Lord's Supper. I, I'm not exaggerating. I went ahead and took Lord's Supper. By the time I came out the door, I was sicker than a dog. I am not exaggerating. You talk about putting the fear of the Lord in me before I take the Lord's Supper many times. I'm going. In fact, this morning I took it back there in the back. What did I do before it? Okay, Jesus, I got anything on people here on now? Because why? God is birthing into us a sensitivity to Him of who He really is. Now, it's just a sensitivity that we're talking about God. I mean, we're talking about God. He does love me, but He is the one who judges righteously and justly. And I can't play my games. And I have, y'all. I have tried to game him. He don't game. Let's take on the second, the next step here. Y'all, we understand in the sensibility of it, but here's the thing is about the understanding the law of Moses. We know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Okay, y'all, what am I saying? Fear of the Lord is good if we use it what? Lawfully. It's in relationship to the law of Moses. Now, y'all, let me just ask this. Well, I, well, I want to ask it. Realizing the fact the law, law of Moses, is not for who? The righteous man. But for. And it goes on down to lawless, rebellious, ungodly sinners, you know, unholy, unpure murders and all this kind of stuff. And you go, oh, well, I'm not a murderer. Are you not? Anybody got to hear anger in their heart? Well, the Word of God says in Matthew 6, it says, uh, no, 5, 5.21, uh, you're the angel say you shall not commit murder. Well, I say to you, he who is angry with his brother is guilty before the court. Of what? Murder. So the, so the law is not for the righteous. Who's the righteous one, y'all? Who is the righteous one? Well, he is. But who is it here is the righteous one? In relationship to us. Who is the righteous one? I'm just quoting a past scripture. Who is the righteous? The righteous one shall what? Live by faith. Live by faith, y'all. So the law of Moses is not for the one who is in a constant state of life of faith. So fear, I'm going to say this to y'all. Fear, I'm going to say something here, you got to make sure you understand this. Fear is not relevant for the one who is living by faith. You know what? Judgments of God are not something it's afraid of. You know what? Because why? Like it says in John chapter 5, I mean 3 verse 21, where it says, those who are of the darkness do not come to the light lest their deeds interfere. They're afraid that their deeds will be exposed. But those who are the light come to the light. A judgment? Please, Father, please judge me. Because I know what? Your judgments are just. 
And you're doing it. You're disciplining me. And if I'm being disciplined, guess what? I'm a son. I'm being a son. Son, Lord, you'll judge, you'll judge me righteously. Judge, you will not kill me, Lord. No, you're, you're blessed God that your foundation and your throne are justice and righteousness and love and kindness and truth go before you. Oh, praise God. But the one who's got fear, that just tells you an area in their heart that's not transitioned into the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Because I want to show you, show you this. Go ahead, next slide. Wow. Is there one more next one, Chad? Remember how I said this. This fear involves punishment. Now, this punishment, I'm going to ask you a question. Is punishment bad? No. What does Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 say? He scourges every son that he what? Receives. And he lo- he disciplines those he loves. I bless God for the times that the Lord has whipped my butt. And the main way he does that, y'all, is he turns us over to our own devices. It's not a, you know... Anyway, let's go on. And here's where I'm calling. I only know how to describe it. Stepping into the completeness of love. Now, I want you all to catch the context of 1 John 4. Notice 4.12. Key phrase here, y'all. Perfect love cast out what? Fear. Think this through. Perfect love cast out fear. I'm going to say it this way. Perfect love casts out the fear of God. Rick, you're speaking against yourself. Because why? Watch this. I want to ask you a question. How is love perfected in us? Watch this in 4.12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, y'all, the Greek form there is continuous action. Present participle means continuous action. In other words, that means that love is always, guess what's always in my life? I am always patient. I'm always kind. I'm always, I'm always, I am never provoked. I am never, uh, I'm always believing all things. I'm always enduring all things. That's the one here. But guess what? It says, if we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is what? Perfected in us. Love is perfected in us. And that's the context. We're notice this. By this love perfected in us, that's in verse 17, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as He is... Now, that's not how He... That's how he is now on the throne. As he is, so we will be when we get to heaven. Is that what it says? As he is, so were we in heaven? In this world. Why? Because I'm loving. I'm loving God. I'm in love with him. I'm receiving his love. We love because he first loved us. 
and I'm in love with people. And in this place, perfect love casts out fear. In the state of perfected love with God the Father and with one another, oh, fear of the Lord is not relevant in my life. Now, does that mean there's not a reverence? No. In fact, it goes deeper. Notice this next term here, next thing I want to say to you. Notice this in Jesus. It says about Jesus in Hebrews 5, 7. In the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his piety. What is that? And if you'll notice in your notes, it's the Greek where you see at the top there, Eulabia. Is that how you would say it? Ev, Evlebia. Of life. It's always yeah, mercy and grace. <coughs> of love, yeah. In other words, what does this word mean? Good fear. Good reverence. What is a good reverence? In other words, all the characteristics of Jesus. You know, well, no, that's, that's how he operated. I'm, 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 oh, let me back up here. Why was his prayers heard? In this verse? Because of that. Because of that. Why would our prayers, why, you know, an effective prayer life is that we live this life of Evlavia. What is that? Let me show it as it relates to us. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Go to the next slide. But you have come to Mount Zion the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, the myriads of angels, the general assembly, church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, it says, and to God, and let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God acceptable service with reverence and awe. That word for reverence there is the evlavia. And awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. In that place, y'all, that, Lord God, grant me mercy here. These and grace, a whole bunch of grace. The heart of the one. Jesus, you know, the interesting thing about Jesus, and you'll notice in the next slide. You know what? Jesus never preached about the fear of God. Because Jesus preached perfect law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus because he constantly lived in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The only one time he says he mentions the fear. And I want you to notice this. Go to the next slide. Only time Jesus ever mentions the fear of God. Why? Because Jesus lived in a place of reverence and obedience and humility to his Father. You know why does fear? What is fear? Why does fear hit us? You know why fear hits us? Either in relationship to circumstances in the world or in relationship to God. You know what it is? You know what fear hits us? Because there's a conclusion that got exposed in our life or an environment we got exposed to that we realize something's bigger than what we are. And there's something we cannot handle. Is that a bad place? You know what that's called? Humility. 
And Jesus humbled himself to the Father. To what point, y'all? Death on the cross. That the circumstances in this world would expose in our lives, y'all, not a place that we're abandoned. No, but our Father says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. i got a reverence for my Father. He will not leave me. And, and notice this. This is the one that Jesus, this is the only time Jesus says fear. Watch how he does this, though. Do not fear those who kill the body, but are able, unable to kill the, the soul. But fear him who is able to both destroy both body and soul in hell. He says, okay, you want some fear? Let me tell you something. Here's the one you need to be worried about. But watch what he does. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? Yet not one of them will fall fall the ground apart from your father. The very hairs on your head are all numbered. Notice what he says. So, do not fear. Don't fear. You're loved. And so what I'm saying, uh, what I, I hope I'm saying, I'm telling you what God's birthing in me. Yeah, the fear of the Lord is relevant. But what is even higher is the love that he calls me to is there's a reverence and awe and honor and, and valuing of people and of him. Not to take him lightly. Not to take a brother or sister lightly. There's just reverence and honor in us. I never forget, y'all, and I'm going to be honest with you, the Muslims kept some stuff on this on us. Of course, that's all law. I'll never forget one, one day that we had tables cleared out. Class, I mean, everything was cleared out. Here's when we were having an intern class over there. And uh, this Muslim dude came here, and I was dealing Jesus with him. And, uh, and he was sitting over there about where Tulio is. I was sitting right across from him. And there wasn't, any, there wasn't any chairs or anything. I don't know for some reason there weren't any chairs in that whole section. And there was a Bible sitting, laying on the ground. And he looked over and he says, that's not cool. That is not cool. And I didn't sit here and I did not try to say, well, you know, you know, I didn't try to discuss it with him. I go, you're right, man. You're right. I said, I need to hear something out of that guy's heart. But there's a reverence. Not, you know, not that I'm, I'm cowering back. Oh, if I didn't, if that Bible's on the floor, all of a sudden, God's going to strike me down with a bold line. No, 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 no. But there was a reverence in that guy's heart for not a book that he does not believe. But he recognized this book being what? Holy. And he's going, don't put it where your feet are. There was a reverence. So the Evlavia that God is calling us to is that which is with magnitude of reverence and awe. And y'all, the fear of the Lord? Y'all, yes, it's relevant. But it's there to transition us into the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is a law of just reverence and awe and honor. Y'all, you know what? I have to say this. And this is one of the things I could have said. Start giving heed. Start recognizing your life of the areas of reverence and awe in your life, you know what will happen? You'll become more sensitive to things that are honorable, to revere, to revere. You know, 
What happened to the days of, yeah, if, uh, you know, that's why we ladies walk in the room. Yeah, stand up. You know, what happens days of open a door or to an older, you know, and I've, I've done this, y'all, about the younger saying, yes, sir, no, sir. And I've, I've violated that. There's things that I've just, you know, going, I missed something here. Because what we're doing is trying to create, you know, well, everybody's just okay. Everything's common. No, it's not, y'all. I think God's calling us into something here. And there's much more into what I could say, y'all. But hear the heart. Hear my heart. But God is trying to expose, explode into my soul and birth in my life. Somebody got something? Um, um. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, well, let's pray. Um, don't really have much time to respond, but I do encourage you to respond to that word. And, and what it, what he's called us to in that place of responding and, and evaluating where we're at with that uh, in reference to those places in our, in our heart that, you know, uh, that need to hear um, that word. And so, Lord, I just want to pray right now. Can we just stand? So we're going to get ready to go. Make a transition out. God, I just I do know I do know you're calling us to that place of response. Um, definitely, if if there's areas of, of of that bad fear that even just uh, I've been testifying that I've just gotten freedom from, even in the past month, God, just in reference to that, being able to really be set free from, and and, and realizing that God, if if I need that this morning, God, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, God, that that fear and those things that bind us and hold us to this world and to the to our own hearts and to our own lives, God, just keep us in and com- confined, God. We just pray right now in Jesus' name that those things would be lifted, God. Those things would be there would be a deliverance there, God, a freedom there, God. Um, and, and Lord, because I know that feeling, I've I've experienced that. But but also on this other side, Lord, where this good fear. Lord, and being able to walk in this reverence and awe, and even transitioning into that place where, God, I'm I'm going to the light. God, I am I am pursuing the light because I know in that if I have you, I have everything, God. And if and if, and if there's things in my life that just don't need to be there, I don't want them to be there, God. I just I just wanted you to just show and reveal and just shed that light, just so we can experience what we are really talking about is experiencing your presence, God. Walking in this place of understanding and knowing you and who you are. And God, everything that would try to hinder that or come against that, God, uh, we just ask in the name of Jesus to be, we'd be set free from, God. And we would begin to understand and know, Lord, this message of, of walking in this place, of understanding and knowing how to, uh, such balance of fearing and between the fear and love of God. And walking in the supernatural balance of that in, in in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I just pray that, God, revelation, God, just come forth. Revelation this week as we're in our quiet times. Revelation of understanding when we're sitting before that uh, person and all of a sudden we realize, man, wow, I should have been honoring or reverencing it. Or maybe it's in that quiet time of in, in reference to God, God. I just pray you begin to just show us, reveal to us, so that we are a people ready made ready even those palm trees even just there's something about preparation this this message is a message of preparation for our hearts to engage in the presence of god 
So, Lord, I just pray that. I ask for it. And we just declare it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can I, can I say something? This is one thing I did not speak. I should have. You know how you've got, you know how you've got Evlavia? There's a way you can tell it. Just remember in 1 John 4, 18, perfect love does what? Cast out fear. For fear involves punishment. The one who fears has not yet been made perfect in love. In other words, if there, if there is a fear of being punished in my heart, that tells me I have not yet arrived into that love yet. I'm still stuck in the law of Moses in a particular area or heart of my area of my heart. And that's why you can tell. And so uh, I just had to speak that because I was supposed to speak that earlier. So I love you all and thanks for mercy and grace. (laughs)